the free for all roundtable round two on the roundtable this morning, Karim Assad is here, Toronto lawyer. Patrick Harris, former campaign manager for John Tory. He's with Rubicon Strategies. And Anne Legacy Dowson is here, Montreal radio commentator and pundit. And uh, let's actually start with the dessert. Um, and and Anne, like I say, Dowson, apparently you're going to be up bright and early tomorrow morning. Apparently, I mean, if you, it's probably a pre show, but the actual ceremony begins at 4 a.m. our time. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. Yeah, I think I might actually be pigheaded enough to get up to see some of it. And then also tune into commentary from one of my favorite writers and comedians, Janie Godley, who grew up in Glasgow, who is absolutely hilarious. And she's going to be doing color commentary from a Scottish perspective of the coronation because, you know, the Scots are not very big on the on the British uh, monarchy. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I did get up to watch the royal wedding because all of my crazy colleagues uh, were doing that. And uh, I think the real queen of England is still Lady Di. And I cannot stand Charles. He's such a grim old dude. The whole thing, tax-free billion fortunes and stolen blink. That's how I see the coronation. Yeah, okay, Karima said it's kind of an interesting, <laughs> you know, trifecta or whatever you want to call it. That uh, And like I say, Dowson can hate royalty but want to watch the show anyway. You know, I'm going to be watching it with a sarcastic aside, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Karima? Yeah. I mean, hate watching is definitely a thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I'm committed enough to even do that. Um, in fact, if I was awake, I would probably find something else to occupy myself with. It is a historic moment, um, but not all history is good history. And uh, I'm not particularly interested myself in uh, this development. Yeah, yeah. If he gives back the Koh-i-Noor diamond, maybe then uh, we'll we'll talk. Well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, now I'm getting into the Billy Bragg territory here, uh, Patrick Harris, because he would go heckle. Yeah, he prob- you're probably right about that. I actually, uh, you know, I'm a supporter of the monarchy. I I, I, I was a big what? Fan of a, I was a big fan of the former uh, queen. Uh, however, I think uh, I don't think Charles is the type of person that's going to rally. Uh, public support. Uh, perhaps if his uh, if he passed it to his son or something like that, we could have uh, we could have a lot more excitement about it. But uh, and I don't think I'll be getting up at five a.m. tomorrow to watch it. Perhaps I'll watch it on uh, repeat and maybe make my way down to Queens Park for the uh, for the fair. Yeah, I'm worth noting. Fair? Actually, wait a second. What what is there a fair? There's in Toronto? no. I mean, it's not going to be Scarborough Fair. It's and uh, we're not putting up a Ferris wheel. It's uh, there's a picnic basically on the apron of Queens Park. I it's thought actually I saw some rides being with, set up uh, uh, when I drove past the other day. Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny. What's that? That's Doug Ford. Yeah, it's going to coincide with the Global Marijuana March and the Freedom March, <laughs> so it should be very special. <laughs> and, at and I'm oh, sure it's 2023. As you are on every weekend, I'm imagining Karima, you're going to be there. Um, there is that. Um, there's also an event, um, a drag story time that's being protested in Peterborough. So I have not yet decided, but I think the the, the trifecta of Global Marijuana March, Queen's Fair, and uh, the Freedom Parade may be interesting. I'll go to the drag reading. Actually, I, is there going to be buck of beer at this fair? Well, there's a certain element of drag to the coronation, isn't there? There is, actually. That's a very good point. It's very high drag. <laughs> That's okay. really, really, really true. Are we yeah. excited about the prospect of new competition in the cell phone sector? Always mindful that I don't want to have to take a meeting at 9.01 this morning in the C-suite, but Patrick Harris, Rogers <laughs> is apparently lowering some of its prices. 
Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Uh, you know, certainly in, in today's day and age and with inflation and with the, you know, affordability being a top of mind issue, I think it's anytime you see, uh, you know, a big cell phone carrier like that drop their prices, I think it's a positive thing. And, you know, hopefully it's a, it's a trend that lasts. And like I say, Dowson, um, you have another provider in Quebec that we have no access to, but uh, do you do you foresee some kind of a competition here or is this a big puppet show? I think it kind of must be. I think it is a puppet show because I think all of these guys, the big telecom guys, know how reviled and hated they are by consumers. And I don't have to worry about a meeting in the C-suite. So, you know, the, 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 the big the telco companies are gouging people. They're ripoff artists, all of them. And I think Rogers is trying to get ahead of the pack by reducing its rates after they just got permission to buy Shaw. So we're letting them get bigger, but they're they're trying to like appease us by lowering the rates. Meanwhile, in Quebec, we have uh, Videotron, which is owned by Pierre-Carl Pelado, uh, you know, a Nepo baby who inherited his money from his dad and uh, uh, is now going to try and enlarge his empire. So, I mean, competition is supposed to be what capitalism is about, but they they all seem to be colluding. So. Let's see what happens. I'd like to see my rates drop, that's for sure. Yeah, Karima said, I think some people look at this industry and they kind of think it's the same as the gas industry. The, the, yeah. You know, the price of the pump is going to be the same no matter who's retailing it. Yeah, yeah it's kind of, um, there's that uh, maybe... Co- Collusion is too strong a word, um, but uh, there's certainly coordination behind the scenes. And the rates that we pay in Canada are quite embarrassing if you look at pretty much everybody other jurisdiction yeah so you know this is a step in the right direction i suppose but really we should all be up in arms because we are being overcharged for services that can be accessed much more affordably um, anywhere else in the world the views of the panelists on moore in the morning are not necessarily representative (laughs) of john moore or bell media all right then hopefully i get to go home at the end of the show uh let me ask you about this poll and i realize polls are for dogs uh but this poll on the municipal mayor's race and olivia chow apparently is leading at 32 percent which is a sizable lead over mark saunders 19 percent brad bradford 15 percent josh matlow 11 percent anna bylaw 10 percent karima do you invest much in a poll like this honestly not really um i, I think that the over-reliance on polls actually itself shapes voter behavior um, and sometimes discourages people from participating or gives them a false sense of reassurance. Um, So I don't put much stock in any of this. Okay, but Patrick Harris, you've run campaigns. Behind the scenes, there have to be polls that are 100% reliable to the candidates because they're going to have to make some choices soon. They are. And I mean, I think what we're seeing now, John, is this is strictly name recognition polls. Uh, I think it would be an understatement to say this race hasn't really captured the hearts and minds of the city. People aren't that engaged. Um, I don't think that's probably going to happen until after the Victoria Day weekend. And so I think, you know, as I'm looking at polls, I would be I would be more interested in seeing what those horse race numbers look like. Um, You know, as we head into June, that's typically how these uh, mayoral races have gone when they've been when they've been extremely competitive. And uh, if you're one of the candidates, sort of, if you're in that sort of top five, top six range uh, of people that are being talked about right now, I think you're in the hunt. And what you got to do is uh, work now to sort of brand yourself and separate yourself so that when people do start to pay attention, 
uh, you can make your move. But like I said, I think I think all the polls should sort of be taken with a grain of salt until uh, until early June. Yeah, and like I say, Dowson, there are a few aspects that where polling is going to become more and more important. One is who gets into the debates, and the other would be who gets out of the race. Yeah, well, there's far too many people on the field at the moment, so I think it's true that it's a name recognition poll at this point. But I hope, as a former Torontonian and you know somebody who loves the city, despite the fact that I hardly recognize it anymore, that there's you know some real vision and some real discussion about keeping the city on a human scale and accessible to people who aren't living in high-priced condos down by the lakeshore. You know, like this thing that's happening with Ontario Place and with the Science Center, like. The city is kind of gone off the rails and somebody needs to put it back on the human scale rails, which is what I know and love about Toronto, the, the parks and the ravines and the people. And I, I, don't, I, I really I think that that's been lost. And I hope whoever wins and I, you know, obviously I know Olivia from being active in the NDP. I think she would make a decent choice. But I, I really hope that the city gets, you know, goes back to that. Meanwhile, uh, we spoke with an expert in aging and senior living this morning. He's also a physician, and he's advocating that we come up with a brand new social program that would, you know, save money for your retirement years when you end up in long-term care. Patrick Harris, it just seems we keep on heaping social program upon social program, and it's only last year we got dental care. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, this is something that, you know, when you, when you look at a big problem, like, like aging and, and, and what to do uh, with folks in in long-term care, I'm not sure that a big national social program is the sort of cure for that. The Ontario government and provincial governments all over the province are already spending billions and billions of dollars in this space. And I think we, uh, I think we need to be looking at innovating in terms of home care and in terms of improving the long-term care sector um, I just I don't think that a big national program is going to fix what ails us. And like I say, Dowson, something like this, a proposal like this is kind of a Rorschach test. I think some people will look at it and say there finally something to keep people out of poverty and uh, and actually look after them in their declining months, years, weeks. Other people look at it and say, great, can people look after themselves? Well, of course they cannot. And we know that as you get older, right? Like I have a disability activist friend who says we those of us walking around and, you know, feeling fine right now are temporarily abled because everybody's headed towards some form of disability as we get older, pretty much, with a few exceptions. So there needs to be a plan. And countries like Germany and Japan and pretty much all the the public health care countries have a plan and Canada doesn't. And I, I just I think it has to be worked on. There's this brilliant woman named Pat Armstrong, who is like the leading thinker in Canada on this issue. She's written this great paper on it. Something's going to have to be done. I don't, I, you know, people cannot be working as cashiers at Walmart in their 80s. It's a ridiculous situation that's happened because a lot of older people get poor. So, and then that shortens their lives and they become a burden on mostly the female members of their families. It's completely untenable. So I, I disagree with my, my fellow panelists. Like there needs to be a plan. It probably should be a hybrid plan and it needs to take effect because the boomers are exiting the stage and there's a whole bunch of new elderly people coming up. It's, you know, we're all going to be old sometime and not all of us are going to have the money to spend four or five grand living in some fancy seniors residence, you know? Karima, last word on this one. I, I, I agree with that. And I think, you know, we're lucky if we get old, but the way things are going right now, uh, almost half 
of Canadians are living paycheck to paycheck. And so there's not a lot of money being put away for retirement savings uh, because people are trying to stay afloat as it is. Um, So something uh, that would invest in the future where people can't do it on an individual level is not a bad idea just considering um, the the demographics of our population. Thank you all. Have a wonderful weekend. Good to have you this morning. Kareem Asad, Patrick Harris, and Anne Lacassay Dowson. Ditto for everybody listening right now. Keep it right here for the finest talk radio in all of Canada. But uh, that's it for me. And I don't seem to have an appointment in the C-suite, so maybe I'm good. I'll uh, talk with you on Monday. Assignments due. 5 a.m. Let's check your pass on the way out, John. Yeah. I'm getting to know everybody in this building one by one by checking out their faces and names coming up uh, as they check in. Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.